Onion e Gossio Gionian Joy Bavia Jimmy Jahyasini. What language is it this week? It's Korean. Ah, yes, yes, Korean. Our, uh, is that because we have our two listeners in the Republic of Korea? Yes, we have two listeners in the Republic of Korea, is what our We're SoundCloud app is telling global. us. Look! Jal Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. Mushi Mushi. <laughs> yeah. Mushi Mushi, that's, that's Japanese. I don't even think that's Japanese. No, it is. It is. What does it mean, Japanese? Uh... I think it just means like, oh, okay, okay. Or like, uh, a, I thought you were just making yeah, noises yeah. that other episode. No, I speak yeah. Japanese. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, Luke's fluent. Yeah. You're the only one that has not known a single language I've well, done. Well, I'm pretty sure you just butchered that Korean. It's probably, it probably didn't make any sense to people that actually speak Korean. Yeah. Sorry about that to our two listeners in the Republic of Korea. Hope you guys are doing well and hope the rest of the world that is listening is doing well. This is A Cup of Joe and Jimmy. We're coming at you a little late this week. Um, hope you guys had a good Easter. I was sick. I was puking. I, I was alone in a dark room all of Easter. It was quite miserable, honestly, but are you trying to make me feel bad for leaving you? Yes. And, uh, yeah, no one, no one really came to check on me. I could have been dead for all I you guys. I knew. made you food every day, but Easter. True. You were very helpful for me, Jimmy. Thank you, man. Where was I? Yeah. Well, we're back. The episode. That, the episode. The episode. We are back. Uh, happy Wednesday for you listening out there. And uh, we got a good one. You know, I say that every week that we have a good one, but we do because I, I think it's going to be enjoyable for you guys. We were talking a lot of Masters talk. Augusta National. Ever heard of it, Jimmy? Yes, I've heard of it. It's good. That's what we're talking. Um, we are also talking baseball. As we're just going to kind of recap what we've seen this past week. And, oh, and March Madness, that finished up. We got the bracket results. Uh, we're going to talk just our thoughts from the championship game that was played on Monday night. Um, yeah, and maybe a couple other surprises thrown in there. We'll see. Sit back, relax. Let's do it. Jimmy, wait, what is this? I don't, I don't know where this came from. I can't this stop This is not our it. intro music. Turn it off. I can't stop it. It's beautiful. I'm in tears. Fixed it. Okay, guys, as we do every week, burns my biscuits. We do this before we get in any real sports content every week. You and have the floor, Joe. Who, who has it this week, Jim? I just said it. You have the floor. Thank you. I've waited a long time for this. I've waited three long weeks. Let me guess. It's going to be controversial. See, in my mind, none of my, none of my what burns my biscuits have been controversial so far, but compared to your guys's. Weak sauce. They're not controversial because that's what you believe. 
What? That doesn't make sense. Can't what you believe be controversial? Yeah, but because you believe it, it's less controversial in your eyes. In my eyes. Okay, thank you. That makes sense. Correct. Okay, guys. Are you ready to hear what burns my biscuits? No. Well, sorry, Jimmy. I'm going to say it anyway. You know what burns my biscuits? Weddings. Oh, God. That's a sizzling hot take. I can feel it. I'll tell you what about weddings burns my biscuits. Weddings used to represent a beautiful coming together of two people that loved each other, that we're going to spend the rest of their lives together, and they bring their family and friends together to celebrate this wonderful love. Before before we get any further, I just urge you to tread lightly because we have many friends who are gotten married recently, are getting married soon, I, I and understand are going to get married in the future. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. And I in there is not a specific person that I have in my mind right now but if this applies to you, so be it. I can't help that. <laughs> so this is what about weddings burns my biscuits. Number one, the proposal. I have seen multiple pictures nowadays as I've gotten older and people I know are getting married or just people around that I, I've, I've seen getting married. And guys, I'll look at this picture and I'm saying, Where's, where are the two people getting married? All I can see is this giant rock. And then their faces are just in the background, just blurred out. Like, is the ring getting married? Am I am I giving am I congratulating the ring on the new marriage? Is that what this proposal is about? Out of everything that just happened, is the diamond the most important thing? I mean, where did even the diamond ha- like when did that become a thing that the diamond represented marriage? That was just some jeweler wanted to make some big bucks and said, "Oh, you know what." What represents two people getting married? A diamond. Come buy it. And then everyone hopped on, and now you got to spend thousands of dollars, and you got to get the perfect Instagram picture. That's what burns my biscuits, number one. Number two, wedding videos. Oh, man. The last thing I want to do at my wedding is act like I'm at Hollywood, and every single one of my actions are rehearsed. Oh, here I am telling my wife... Or my, yeah, my wife, how beautiful she looks. Oh, wait, sir, can you say that again? We didn't quite get that. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say it again. Sir, sir, could you cry for us um, as your bride oh, walks down the aisle? Jimmy, I, that is number three, I'll get sorry, there. Sorry, you're starting to get me on board. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, uh, sir, when you kissed, when you kissed your, uh, your wife back there, we didn't quite get it. Could you, could you maybe go by the bush and do it again? And then in slow motion? I mean, it's ridiculous. How are you even able to enjoy the day when you've got cameras just all over you looking to get the perfect wedding video? And then everyone, the first thing they do is post them. You guys aren't even at the beach house in Hawaii yet before you're posting this bad boy on the internet and then just refreshing your page to see how many likes you're getting. Enjoy each other. Number three, the crying at the altar. Nowadays, if the guy doesn't cry when the bride's walking up, people think, oh man. Does he even really love her? <laughs> like, now I feel the day I get married, I'm going to have to put an onion in my pocket or something to get the tears flowing because if I don't cry, people are going to be like, what's this guy's problem? I would say 80% of the male's tears that you see in these wedding videos are fake when the brides walk up the aisle. It's 80, expected. 80%'s a hefty number. 80%. It is expected of them. I think that is, uh, I think that's quite ridiculous. Joe, when was the last time you cried? 
<laughs> Man, jeez, that's a <laughs> just taking shots. Maybe I don't cry as much as the next guy, but I'm not. I I just I feel bad for the guys that are now expected to cry at the wedding. It's like just you can be happy and not cry. You don't have to start bawling when she walks up. If you cry, that's cool, but make sure it's real. We'll we'll throw that question on the polls, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say a solid 80% of the tears that I see are, um, are fake. And, uh, and then lastly goes along with the posts. It's like, okay, post your wedding pictures when they come out, we love them, but six months later, we don't really need to see them again. We've seen them. We're, we're happy for you guys. Enjoy your marriage. I mean, if you're trying to relive it and you're trying to relive all the likes you got on wedding day, so be it. But if, if, I mean, if you're just like, oh man, my, my Instagram page ain't doing too good. Let's post a wedding picture. That'll get the likes up. I just feel like we've just lost focus on what weddings are and it's weddings are all about other people now instead of about yourselves. You know what? Weddings are a lot now like funerals. I've always said funerals are for the living, not the person that's actually dead. And weddings are the same thing. Weddings are not for the two people getting married. They're for everyone else. And it's just, it's like, it's sick. It makes me sick, honestly. You cannot tell me you thought of this stuff with no one in mind. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't, I don't have, I, for all you out there, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, he's talking about me, I'm not. I, I don't have anyone specific in mind, but if you fall into this category, then, then you do. I, I can't control this, but uh, yeah, that's, that's just what burns my biscuits. And I used to love weddings and I, I used to just, I, I used to be, wow, mm, I can't wait to be a part of that one day. And now it's like, Man, my wedding is going to be like a Hollywood cry fest with a lot of Instagram posts. I don't want that. Are you done? I'm done. My upper lip is sweating now. Oh, we're always sweating in here. Do people forget that? Uh, okay. Done. <laughs> I'm done. I don't. I. I. I think we've went over the normal a lot of time for uh, burns my biscuit. So I'm not going to go too in depth. Comment, Jimmy. Agree or disagree? Um, I agree on a lot of fronts. Let's see what I don't agree with. And this is I not agree, directed I, at just women. Men, you are just, you do the same thing. I agree with, I agree with the videos. Not a fan of those. I think it's too much work. I agree. Um, oh wait, sir, sir, can you throw that cake back up and then eat it again? We need to get a better, better take on that. I agree with... I don't oh, know if sir, I agree with sir, the ring. Can we get a picture? Can we get a video of you naked uh, changing? Actually, we need the women naked changing into their dresses, and then everyone's going to see it. Yeah, those those do make me uncomfortable. Row picks, hate them, make me so uncomfortable. Well, I don't need to see everyone half naked. I, I will say the big one I don't agree with is the ring take, because they're showing off what their fiancé got for them for en- engagement. I think if you spend that amount of money, you, you'd you kind of want it. The, the picture your, does not need to be zoomed in on the to be ring. proud of it and showing it off. What, so you want to show off material things? No, but like, oh, this is the ring. We just got engaged. Like, that's the symbol of it. Well, okay, then what would it. happen if someone got engaged and didn't post a picture of it? Why can't why can't oh, they, they that? Actually, then they didn't get engaged. That would be so why, refreshing. Why can't they just release a written statement on Facebook and say, hey, we got engaged. We're so happy. What's wrong with that? Luke, I can't tell you. I'm not saying that the pictures of when it of when you get engaged and you post a picture is bad, but if I saw somebody that didn't post a picture or waited a couple minutes for the love of God, it's like, 
Oh, yes, yes, I can't wait. Okay, and the phone is out. Phone is out, and we are now editing pictures. I, I mean, yeah, I think sometimes cow. sometimes it's a little quick. I agree with that. It's like, guys, the first thing people want to do is post it, which that that's not the best. But when I get married, they're, they're I'm taking, taking pictures of the ring. It's it's the ring. You got engaged. That's your, your ring. Everyone's going to ask to see it anyways. Okay, let your close friends see it if they want to see it. But it does not need to be a zoomed-in picture where I want to see you guys. You know, that's what I love. I love my friends. Not the, not the ring. When I go on my honeymoon, I'm taking my cell phone and my wife's cell phone and I'm dumping them in a river. That way, there will be no posting of any pictures on the honeymoon. What's, what's, the, what's the caption of your engagement picture when you get engaged someday? My caption? Yeah. Um, it will be... My, mine will be the classic, uh, did a thing today. Oh, mine will be forever with my best friend. Yes, that's good. Yeah, I, I don't have one in mind yet, but <laughs> I was going to ask you guys. Maybe the no caption. Yeah, no caption. No caption. Bold That's move. savage. Yeah. Is it okay to not like a wedding video? Like to genuinely like, this wasn't that yeah, good. Like, I, I, I do it I all the time. It. it didn't look like a fun wedding. It's yeah. also, but, do you know how much money But people, if you say that, you're a monster. Yeah, you know how much why, money why can't it is? you be honest? Yeah. And, and some of the wedding, yeah, some of the wedding videos, I'm like, well, that was boring. Meanwhile, it cost them $1,500. Yeah. You know what? Take out your iPhone, video some of the cool moments, and call it a day. Whatever happened to just remembering things? Good old memory, what the good Lord gave us. Jesus Jesus didn't remember his wedding day. <laughs> we, <laughs> Wait, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't need yeah. to. We, yeah, we <laughs> okay, uh, we are, we're getting off track now. I don't remember Jesus' wedding day either. Yeah, um, so... Guys, I like to see someone turn water to wine on a wedding day. That'd be cool. Now someone that, video that. Now, yeah, now that I want to see in the wedding video. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it's sad. We've kind of lost sight of what true love is, but that's for another day. Uh, let's get into some real sports talk. Um, we're gonna start here with uh, NCAA March Madness, but first, a word from our sponsors, jewelry stores. Every kiss begins with K. No, every kiss begins with thousands of dollars. Jewelry stores. All right, guys, before we get into the results of the Cup of Joe and Jimmy Bracket Challenge, I want to keep you guys suspenseful, even though you have full access to the results as well. Um, but let's just first talk about the actual tournament and the championship game of Villanova against Michigan. Um, I hate the question, what were your thoughts on the game? So, Jimmy... What were your thoughts on this game? I thought a lot about the game. I thought a lot about it, too. Thank you. Was, Luke? Yeah. Oh, Jimmy, you got more. No, no, no I was going to say I was thinking hard. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Jimmy, what exactly were you thinking hard about? You can go into more detail. Okay. Um, I thought it was a pretty boring game. The result was what I expected. Villanova looked unstoppable for the majority of the tournament. So, didn't really pique my interest all that much. Um yeah, Villanova's dominant. Michigan was a hot team, but Villanova in the end, way too talented, way too good of shooters on the team, an experienced team, two national championships in the past three years. So they're winners and they know how to win. And it was just too much for Michigan. Those that's what I thought about. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I had Villanova in my championship, but I wish that I watched them more during the regular season because if I had, uh there wouldn't be a doubt in my mind that they would win it all. My goodness. Not a doubt in your mind. Not a doubt in my mind. That team is terrific. I mean, whew, just blew my mind. So, Luke, I ask you, after 
the way that they, I mean, just trounced, like they, I mean, trounced Kansas and Michigan. Uh, are they an elite program? Are they one of the elite programs now in college basketball? I think you have to say so. Um, this is a classic matchup of the one and done versus the the old school three to four year starters experience. And in the one and done era, there's only been a few teams that Kentucky, Duke, um, a couple years ago, but these experienced teams that are built um, through great coaching and just fundamental basketball are winning these tournaments now. It's, you know, the Villanovas, the North Carolinas, the, the AAU basketball is, they're, they're doing well in the tournament, but they they're, they're, they can't get over the hump versus these teams that have played together for so long. Right. And I think that's just, I, I think I've grown disinterested in college basketball as a whole because that's all it's, that's all it is now is this one and done. So I was happy to see Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats um, win dominantly last night. I'm glad you brought up the one and done thing because that opens up a conversation we could have is do you think the system needs to be changed that a college player can play for one year and then declare for the NBA draft? Do you think it would help out the players and college basketball in general if that rule is changed? Changed to what? Back to how it was. You could go straight if you want to, but if you go to college, you're there for three years. Well, I mean, I right now I think that the you look at the NBA and – the guys that are the one and dones, usually they'll go on and they'll start getting significant playing time in the league right away. But I think it's I think it's hurt the overall product of both leagues. But then I don't know, because then you see guy I, I think you're just gonna see a lot of guys if they do change that rule, you're gonna see a lot of guys just going straight to the NBA because they know I mean really what what is one year at the college level? Um for example, a guy like Lonnie Walker at Miami, who he he was okay for Miami this year, nothing great, could have easily done the same thing at the NBA level coming right out of high school. Like I don't think a year in college did anything for him. So I, I think, yes, it would be a good thing for these players to be in college longer. It would be a good thing for the overall product, but I don't think a lot of players will do it, especially with the issue of not getting paid. They're going to they're gonna go ahead and take the money and know – we can leave straight from high school and get significant playing time in the league. So why not do that? Yeah, I hear you. But I honestly think that a lot of these players that are one and dones would think that they're not ready for the NBA and would do the three years. And I think that would benefit them a lot more. Like, like you said, Lonnie Walker, I don't think if, if the rule in college was to go, you have to go three years or you straight to the NBA, I think he goes to college for three years. Amazing athlete, but he he wasn't NBA ready at a high school. He, he's not NBA ready now. He didn't get any. He hardly got any better this year. I agree, and I mean maybe so. It's, it makes no. It, he if he's not NBA ready now, well, we'll he, see. he wasn't he's, NBA ready coming out of high school. He didn't hire an agent, so we'll see. What would I don't think NBA ready is even a thing anymore because the the product's just lower. I mean, these people with that are talented will just they'll they'll say, all right, we'll get on a team and then we'll figure it out from there. We'll get better slowly, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Back to what's happening now, though, not not any of the future stuff. Would you say that Villanova, if they are one of the elite teams in basketball and what we've seen on the court, they are elite, will they start competing with the bigger schools such as Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas in recruiting? Or no, because players are still more cared about more players still care more about going to the NBA rather than winning championships. Well, you don't win the national championship without having one or two NBA players on your roster. 
But what I do like is the blueprint that Villanova has, and North Carolina has this too, even though they're a blue blood school. Roy Williams is is recruiting players that you know might be not, might not be one or two overall picks in the draft, but they might play well together and stick around for three or four years so they can get something accomplished in college, like win a national championship. Duke or Kansas or you know any of those teams, Arizona, they're way more talented than Villanova, but. You know, when you play AAU basketball and you you have to stay eligible for a semester and you're just trying to get to the draft. I mean, do, do those guys care if they if they lose in the tournament? I mean, no, it's about it's about staying healthy. The the kids that Jay Wright and Roy Williams recruit to and also Gonzaga as well. The kids they recruit, they want to come in, they want to get a degree, they want to play three or four years and they want to try and win a national championship with their brothers on the court. If Villanova has the money that these other programs have in their basketball program. I don't know the numbers that their athletic program brings in, but if their basketball program has the money, then yeah, they can recruit because we know that Jimmy, you always bring it back to the money. It is about the money. Nothing's ever pure in your heart. Money talks like all the big schools, all big money, big payers. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's why it's not really surprising to me what Loyola did in, uh, in the tournament this year. I mean, you're talking about, a conference champion team with big for an 11 for an 11 seed from a mid-major conference like that with big guards and uh some older players on the team and it's like I mean I'm not surprised that they had all the quote-unquote upsets that they did and I'm not and I'm surprised that it took this long for a 16 seed to beat a one seed this year I think you're it really makes sense when you when you look at these rosters and see this is this team's full of a bunch of one and dones, a bunch of freshmen, and these guys are seniors. They've been together for four years and uh, are a notch below in skill, but in actual team chemistry. Chemistry. I was about to say camaraderie. That wouldn't work. In actual biology. Team, in actual team <laughs> chemistry, uh, it's clear. I mean, Villanova is they're just pure on the court. Everyone's moving. They space the floor out so well and really made some teams look foolish this year. But yeah, it was it was a fun um, it was a fun tournament. Quick question: We don't have too much time to get into this, but is the one shining moment video overrated? Very overrated. It doesn't get me hyped at all. It's a boring song, Jimmy. I'm pretty sure this is the first year you knew about it. <laughs> but it was so boring. No, I knew about it. I just never really watched it. But I think it's boring. Yeah, I didn't even stay up to watch it this year. Most people fell asleep. Yeah, I have a question for you before we get into the actual standings of the bracket. Keep people. On the on the edge of their chairs, they probably already searched it by now. How do you feel about uh, the end of Sister Jean's reign? Um, yeah, well, Sister Jean left the game early, and that pretty much said everything I need to know. Yeah, about she it. left with four minutes left in the game. No, I'm just kidding. Good woman. The uh, the Michigan um, fans were very nice to her as she was leaving the arena. They're they're waving goodbye. Uh, but Sister Jean. Doesn't look like God was on your side in that Final Four game. Nope, that that's not what we're going to get into. Just saying. Will Sister Jean see another national championship in her lifetime? Wow, that that's, is a dark question. Gosh. Sorry. When's the la- <laughs> so the question's for the poll this week. When's the last time you cried, and will Sister Jean see the next national championship <laughs> for Loyola? She was 45, I think, in her 40s the last time they won. 1963. That's crazy. She's 98, but I'm pretty sure that in her cereal she pours holy water instead of yeah. milk, so she could be She's going. getting stronger by the day. Yeah. Not many 98-year-olds can go to a whole NCAA tournament for that long. Yeah. I think she's, uh, she's going to see Loyola win it all in the NIT next year, so that'll be exciting for her. 
Um, okay. Well, we have the uh, the bracket results. That was just a lot of shade towards Loyola. You just drum threw. roll, please, for our winner. We don't have drums. Don't have drums. Okay. Jimmy, stop with the mock drums. Thank you, though. Uh, Jimmy, who won it all? A Mr. Doug Cohen. We believe. We think. What's the uh, What's the ESPN name here? Lacuzma. That's the bracket name. And then the username is Dugras. No L's. Never came forward exactly who it is. We are just taking a wild shot in the dark that this is Doug Cohen. So we're going to base maybe, it off that. Maybe he's saying Douglas, but he doesn't take any L. So he takes the L oh. out of Douglas and puts an R in. You guys are just not realizing that. Yes. Wow. Okay. But why the R? Why not Wouldn't just it be a W? Do, why not just do Doug? Oh, oh, now I know. Now we know why it's not that one. Oh, good on you, Doug. Good on you. You made me look foolish. (laughs) Man, that was like a puzzle piece. (laughs) I have to make it explicit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll get get the red E next to this episode. Yeah, if you see the red E, well, you're not even going to be able to hear this, but don't not listen to it if you see the red E. It's one thing. Man, okay. Well, Doug, you are the champion. We had a tie for second with Kurt Kramer and the Dick Radkowicz. The names, too. Man, I'm still affected by that. How I completely looked over that this whole time. Yeah, and then a tied for fourth finish with David Clapp and Stevie Whitaker. Uh, and then... I couldn't, I'm not really going to get into the rest. Those are the top five there. McKenzie beat me. Mackenzie McNeil with a sole seventh place beats Jimmy, Luke, and I. Very, very good, Mackenzie. And, as always, we love to introduce our last place. And this year's last place goes to a person you guys have heard from before in trivia, Danielle Nugent, whose owner name is Susan Nugent. Very confused yeah, there. Yeah, very confusing. But Danielle had a... Luke, who did she have winning it all? Uh, Was it the powerhouse remember. Bucknell? Bucknell. She wow. had Bucknell. Um, Wait, yeah. where, where's uh, Don't Sleep on South Dakota State? Where did that go? Second to last. Okay. Yeah. Every, everyone slept on him and for good reason. Did you see the winner of the whole bracket the man had the entire final four the of like all the espn brackets in total he came number one the man had, had it, impressive it's impressive me how you can have that entire final four doug had the championship right he yeah, picked it that, right that's very impressive. doug came in the 99th percentile so we are proud to say that our bracket winner is in the 99th percentile in the world joe what's he get for that doug not only do you get shout outs on the next few episodes not only do you get bragging rights for an entire year you also get a homemade batch of mama's cookies we're talking warm ooey gooey chocolate chip cookies baked straight from the heart they Wait. will be at your doorstep as soon as they're out of the oven have we run this by mom or you're just assuming I, this no she actually offered she huh. said i want to i want to bake cookies to the champion yeah she looked on our calendar too so she's, she's she, all in oh yeah she's in she's she picking looked out on the, the calendar she could fit it in she's picking out the date <laughs> that the uh the oven mitts come out and the sugar gets popping <laughs> um so doug please dm us on twitter your uh information just, of where we can drop it off just text us. <laughs> no no this has to be professional dm yeah. no one dms us we're asking guys to dm us go ahead shoot us a dm no people dm us all the time oh yeah right wink. yeah yeah wink wink um yeah so doug do that and uh we will let you know when the cookies are hot and ready and they'll be ready for eating milk is not provided but highly suggested yeah that is a uh, that those are our results guys thank you for playing it was a lot of fun and 
We cannot wait to do it again. Maybe when it comes football season, we'll do a little fantasy. I don't know. Things could happen. We'll see. I'd be down to do fantasy. Yeah, it could get a little big. I don't know how big they make let those leagues get, but... You know, we have millions of followers right now. Yeah, I'll have Byron Leftwich as my quarterback. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Yeah, the That'll draft. Be your first round pick. <laughs> the draft will take two weeks. I'll smell like. I'll smell like Dewgrass Noels. <laughs> why would you smell? Because <laughs> I hadn't showered in two weeks. Oh, gotcha. Well, why didn't. Whatever. I'm not saying I would smell like Doug Cohen. I was saying I would smell like the thing I pronounced. No, I'm saying before. why would you smell? <laughs> Just clear that clear up. up, yeah. Um, what do you mean? Why would I smell? I, the giraffe would take two weeks. I wouldn't get to shower. Okay, we don't yeah, have yeah. that much of a falling, but close. Two mil? Are we at two mil now? Two million listens last episode. Two million. <laughs> no, yeah. no, yeah, no. But uh, yeah. Okay. Well, the NCAA March Madness has come and gone. It is April, and April brings good news. But first, a word from our sponsors, Doug Cohen. He says he takes Noel's, and he's right. The GOAT, Doug Cohen, winner of the Bracket Challenge. Doug. Hello, friends. Jim Nance is in the room with us, apparently. Uh, That's all we need you for, Jim. You can leave now. Yes, thank you. Um, Yeah, guys, that music should make you weep. Weep. Like a man at the altar seeing the bride walk down with an onion in their pocket. Uh, it is Masters Week, and guys might be. Ooh, this is a statement. Should I say it? Say it. My favorite week of the year. Beautiful week. Let me try and think of a week that should be better than that. Yeah, I mean, you think of the week of Christmas, you think of opening week in college football. This past week, Easter, you know? No. No, sorry. Uh, yeah. So, guys, the uh, the azaleas are blooming. The mm. grass is green. Mm. And the jackets are green. <laughs> the jackets are very green. Uh, we are at Augusta. We are coming live at Augusta. Just left the champions' dinner where Sergio Garcia served up a wonderful rice and lobster Spanish pasta served with a wonderful sangria... Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. Uh, I didn't get to talk to him a lot tonight. He's kind of quiet. And a lovely, sweet vanilla ice cream and pastry dish. Um, You're getting yourself hungry over there. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, what? let's just start off running through our own minds about this before we get to the actual players and what's actually happening here. Um what are some of your early memories from watching the Masters or maybe what's your favorite hole on the course or just something that as you're kind of running through memories and glimpses of this beautiful, beautiful course and beautiful game, what uh, what comes to your heart? What would you like to speak into the mic today? Well, I remember the first time I played Augusta. Psych, psych, boo. No, I remember the first time I played Augusta. And um, I played as Tiger Woods in his last PGA Tour game, video game. Man, that was a good game. That was a good one. I shot about 13 under, um, never looked behind me. You could just throw darts into every pin in that video game and live to tell the tale. So that's definitely my favorite memory, probably shooting 13 under at Augusta. No one else has done it but me. 
Okay, Luke, do you have a real memory for us? Yeah, I think my earliest memory is probably watching Tiger Chip in on number 16. 2005? Yeah, it was, uh, yes. it was a pretty special moment. Um, it's the last time he won there. Hoping he can uh, pull off something magical like that this year. Is that the greatest golf shot ever played? I can't think of one better. Since we've been, if you alive, if yes. you've never seen this shot, look up 2005 Tiger Woods, 16 chip in at the Masters, and it will. That's that's beautiful golf right there. And what makes it so remarkable is there is actually a pitch mark on the green that Tiger saw and that he knew he's he played the the chip like he was going to hole it in that little pitch mark. Use that as what he pretended would be the hole. So it stopped right there on a dime and just came back towards the hole. Nike got a sick commercial out of it. And man, brings me chills, goosebumps. Wow, hairs are raised on my neck. That is awesome. Um, okay, what is what do you guys have a favorite hole on this course? It is a beautiful golf course. If you guys are not familiar with Augusta National, just watch this week and you might see on the TV and think, wow, they they edited this to look green and to look in perfect shape. No. This course is in impeccable shape. I mean, it is, even if you don't like golf, just taking a stroll around there for 18 holes would be such a treat. So do you have a favorite hole? Yeah, I think the thing I like about Augusta is like it challenges the players. I, f- I feel like too many times on tour, like it's just too easy. And so I like the the calculation, um, the decision-making that goes into a, a lot of these shots at Augusta. My, Joe, you took my favorite hole, 13. Uh, thanks. But yeah, another hole that I really like is 15 because of that factor and the decision-making, especially on Sunday. If you don't hit a good drive, um, it's really tough to get on the green. It's so narrow from back to front. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorite holes, and I think it's uh, one of the more difficult ones too. My favorite would be 12 because I like the view beautiful looking into the green you got the bridge to the left nice creek right in front um a few pretty bunkers and the flowers in the back just a beautiful sight uh for me to probably get a double bogey in real life yeah not so beautiful for jordan speed lately no oh yeah well we'll get into that if we think jordan speed has a shot this week but i actually i say i would double bogey it but i also like that because i feel like that's one of the ones i could maybe get the green in regulation the rest of the course would be atrocious for me. Um, yeah, my my favorite hole is number 13, Azalea. Um, tee shot requires a slight draw, and then you you can you, most players will go for it in two. Ball's going to be above your feet. Baseball-like swing, but you got that creek running right before the green, and then you get over that creek, you still got to stop that ball on the green on, on a dime, and you're hitting long iron in, so it... It is a risk-reward hole. Unless you're Bubba. Unless you're Bubba, then you rip driver, throw a pitching wedge there, and just tap it in for your eagle. And ignore the people 10 feet away from you saying hi. Hey. Come on us. now. That was us. Yeah, I know. I know. And I know that there has been talks on lengthening number 13, and but I'm, I'm highly against it. And Luke, to go back to the point you were making about this course, is it does test these players to really calculate these shots, and it's not all about just gripping and ripping. I mean, you son of a gun. Chewbacca, it's Master's Week, and I told you you're not allowed to come in here. 
Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm on board. Uh, but we'll talk later because that that's gonna be a lot of money. All right. Uh, man, shoot. He always does this to me. All right. Uh, yeah. They were talking about lengthening it, and um, son of a gun, locked me up. Uh, yeah. This okay. I know where I was going. You have courses nowadays. It's like a 650 yard par five. And these guys are just ripping driver with the wind downhill, throwing just some short iron up there on the green and making eagle. And it's a snooze fest. Like winning scores like 20 under par. And I'm like, this is boring. These players are just showing off their, the way they've been lifting every single morning and this incredible technology that they have now. Augusta requires these players to really eat shot. They have to take a, deep breath and think what am i doing what how much spin am i going to put on this what's the wind doing the wind on uh the wind on what is it 12 is always swirling and it's it's just a beautiful course wait so you're you're for lengthening it or not lengthening no i'm i'm against lengthening it because of what because of i i don't want to just because they see okay these players are now going for it in two we just need to lengthen it lengthen it it's clearly not the answer on the PGA tour to lengthen holes because these players can bomb it a long ways. If you lengthen it, they'll they'll just they'll still be able to cut it. I guess on this hole, since it is that dogleg left, the trees might come into play if you lengthen it. Yeah. The- but I think it's such an amazing shot. That second shot, even if it is a short iron in, it's still a. I mean, you see so many guys go into that creek, or it's you see so many guys. It's hard to stop the ball on the green there. So I was like, I'm okay with it being a shorter iron in on a par five if the approach is not very easy. Well, I think the argument is if you lengthen it, Bubba's not going to have driver gap wedge in. But couldn't Bubba hit it left into the trees like today? What do you mean left? Like he's not going to be able to cut it over the trees. Rory's not going to be able to draw it over the trees from back there. Right. But like today they can cut it over the trees. Right. But they can overcut it. Yeah. But I think it takes it completely out of play if they're going to lengthen it. But – and they're going to have, instead of a gap wedge or wedge, nine iron, they're going to have, uh, you know, a four iron on a on a side hill lie like you were talking about into a tough green at hit. Yeah, but then you have your shorter hitters like Zach Johnson. Now it's not even a reachable par five. It will be. I, Which is how par fives are supposed to be most, most of the guys are hitting three wood off the tee now. They're gonna, it, Lengthening it is going to force them to hit driver, and then they'll be in striking distance of the green to go for it. I mean, I – I guess on that hole, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I just, I don't like it when the people see a, how a hole is scoring and their first thought is we need to lengthen it. I agree. Yeah. Cause you, you see these smaller courses give these longer hitters fits a lot of the times. And that requires more skill than just, yeah, getting up there and just absolutely whacking it. And yeah, you have a pitching wedge in. Yeah, when it when the shorter holes test the craftiness of these players' shots and make them think more, and not just hitting it long and straight, but they have to shape these shots. Yeah, I I agree with that. I don't think lengthening is always the answer. Sometimes it is, with which is the case with some dog leg rights or lefts, like we're saying. But a lot of times it isn't the answer. Yeah, I just think the premise of lengthening is not just to lengthen it for the longer hitters; it's to lengthen it for the architecture of the golf course. If you're making it harder for them to cut it over the trees and have a shorter iron in, then, you know, I'm, I'm all for that because I, I love, I like to see 
Dustin Johnson, Bubba, Rory have to hit a, a five iron into that green. I think it makes it so much more difficult. And I don't know. I, just, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, they do have the land and the money to do it if they want yeah, to. Yeah, but I also know they haven't really touched that course. They haven't really done much renovations or like big changes to it in years. It stayed pretty much the same. Yeah, since they Tiger proved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking at the field. Uh, let's start with, cause I think I know where you guys are going to go is who's yep. the player to watch, but let's start with who is, who is your surprise pick of the week? Someone that might not be on everyone's radar, but you think could make a run, uh, make make a run at the leaderboard on Sunday. I think, uh, Matsuyama could, Hideki Matsuyama could make a run. Um, he's, he's number two in the world, I believe. So that's not a huge surprise. Pick. Well, yeah, but he's not, I don't think most people are thinking, no, oh, I think this guy's going to win. They're probably thinking Rory, Tiger. Uh, Justin or Phil um, as the people that could possibly win. But I, I haven't heard a lot of Matsuyama's yet, even though he's number two. But he's been playing good golf. And, yeah, Augusta demands that you're a sound golfer and, yeah, that you can shape your shots and that you can be a consistent golfer because it'll punish you once you make a mistake. And I think Matsuyama has encapsulated that pretty well these past couple of rounds we were following him at bay hill and he looked pretty solid um and threw together a couple of good scores so i would i would put him in contention obviously we know who i think's gonna win though i would say that my surprise pick of the week this is actually gonna come as quite the shock um is adam scott come on ozzy Yes, that he and that is one of the reasons why I am looking for him is because he is a past winner here. He has struggled on tour as of recently. Uh, he did have a top 15 finish at the Honda Classic. Uh, he sh- finished, I think, two under at Bay Hill was his most recent appearance. So not terrible, but he's been a little bit off his game. And honestly, uh, ever since the putting change, he hasn't quite been himself. I think he's someone who's coming in with a lot of confidence. I uh, was catching some highlights of his practice rounds and his interview today. And and in his mind, he fully believes that he can win this tournament. And if you have a past winner who in his mind thinks, I really I have a real shot at winning this, I mean, that's dangerous. And that's something that's exciting. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what Adam Scott can do. If he can get his short game together and, I mean, the guy's got the best swing on tour and best looks. Chapow. Um, yeah. So he's my, he's my dark horse. Chapow. Can you give us an Adam Scott impression? Uh, actually, you are better at the, uh, the Australian, Australian accents are hard. Yeah, I don't know. If, no, I can't do it. No. I'm going to hit the got, on the You got the, the Jason Day down better. Yeah, I can do a little Jason Day for oh, you. Very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very okay. good. Jason. I Gosh, Jason Day is here. Yeah. Yeah, M. Scott's is a little harder, but I can't do it. Um, So that's my dark horse. That's my that's my guy to watch. Uh, Luke, you got a guy? Yeah, Joe, I like that sleeper pick. If Adam Scott can figure out the putter, I think he's got a real good shot. Um. I got a guy, my sleeper pick as a golfer, a lot of casual fans might not know, but um, I like Thomas Peters. Um, he's the uh, the six foot five Belgian. He's ranked 46 in the world, and he uh, he finished tied for fourth last year. He hits it a long way, which is a huge benefit um, at Augusta National. Um, he's not playing great as of late, um, but he's regarded as one of the best ball, striker, ball strikers on tour, and he uh, got to pick the brain of old Phil, 
Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and Fred Couples this morning in a practice round. So that's uh, obviously an advantage to him. Yes, that is always beneficial. These practice rounds have been fun to follow, seeing guys that have played this course before still trying to figure out and get their game as sharp as possible when it comes go time on Thursday. Seeing Tiger and Phil together, though, just doesn't doesn't look right to me. A little odd. So, uh, yeah, let's talk Let's talk Tiger Woods as he comes in, I think, a 12-1 to 1 odds to win this thing. It's third best or something like that. Easy money. Um, easy money is what Jimmy says. Uh, for all you betters out there, but I'm not putting any money on it. Um, what do you guys see from Tiger's game right now after his Florida swing is completed that encourages you about Augusta? And what do you see from where Tiger Woods is right at right now that makes you a little bit worried about how he might perform this week? The fact that his iron, or sorry, that his uh, game off the tee improved as. Bay Hill went on is encouraging for me. He's still 201st on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. Yeah, but he's getting you. I mean, we were there those last couple days at Bay Hill. He he improved immensely. I didn't even know there was 201 players to be honest. Yeah. Well, did you see his world rankings as of like two months ago? He's like in the thousands. Now he's in the hundreds. But um, that's the encouraging part. I, I was I'm still a little worried about the tee shot, but if he can continue to improve that, that's what he needs here at Augusta. The thing that does worry me is the fact that just yeah Augusta Augusta demands that you have a good iron play and good um, approach shots, and that's where he lacked in Bay Hill with his accuracy with his irons. Um, so that that's something definitely look out for. He's if he's been able to figure that out the past couple weeks, because I mean these greens are like concrete and they're huge slopes, water bunkers around the green. Um, that'll punish you if you miss. So, yeah, he he definitely needs to get his iron game accuracy going if he wants to win this weekend. Yeah, Jimmy, you said that you're encouraged by his um, by the by driving and off the tee. I think that's probably one of the things I'm a little worried about. The last driver he hit uh, in tournament play went about 100 yards left. Oh, that one hurt. That one hurt. That one did hurt. Um, but he put he put a new shaft and the driver put a new shaft in the three wood the ones that Rory used at Bay Hill so that's that's encouraging. I should I want to buy all of Rory's clubs after he shot eighteen <laughs> under. You just bought the driver I think didn't you? I did I did go yeah. and swipe the card for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you gotta love Tiger's short game. Um, gives him a chance anywhere he plays. Um, he's always mm-hmm. dialed in with that. Um, I'd love to see the stat after. Um, his four rounds are over on how many strokes he gained um, around the greens as far as putting and chipping. I think his ball striking is going to be um, on point. I think early on he might struggle with the undul- undulation of the uh, fairways maybe. He's, undulation, good word. Yeah, he's played a lot of flat courses here in Florida recently. Um, so maybe early on he might struggle with that. But you know, if he, off the tee, if he figures that out, I think he's going to have a really good week. There's a, There's some holes out there like number 11, 18, a few others that number one, Tiger's always struggle with that hole. Um, they just demand such a such a perfect tee shot, really. And um, you know, if he's in the fairway with a uh, low to mid iron in, he's going to have a good chance to score pretty well this week. Yep, I think uh, the thing that I'm most encouraged by with Tiger is the short game, specifically the chipping, uh, which is when he started kind of the most recent fall of his career. It was the yips with the um, with the wedges. We've and, had the yips a couple times. Yes. And, uh, but now, I mean, 
just really sound and is chipping in again and getting these things up and down with ease. So that, and that really helps with the par fives, just getting your approach shot anywhere near the green and being able to be confident you go up and down is that's really big at Augusta, especially. I would say one of the things that worries me is Tiger mentioned this in his press conference that he used to be able to win at Augusta when his game was not completely on and wasn't completely sharp. I think that Tiger is gone forever. And I think the Tiger Woods we have now is a guy that needs to be 100% on his game to win because he's not going to blow fields away anymore. And so what worries me is that we have yet to see that killer instinct from Tiger Woods that we had come so used to seeing. I'm not saying it's gone, but the it the fact that we haven't seen it just brings up questions of can he get to the top of the leaderboard and then put the rest away and play his absolute sharpest because that's what he's going to need to win. And to do all of that in a four-day span is very difficult, especially at a course like Augusta National. Um, so that that's what that's what worries me with Tiger. And I will say I hope the conditions are tough this week. I hope it's windy. I hope it's blustery because if it's calm and we see like what Spieth did a few years ago where he's just reeling off a bunch of birdies and going super low – I don't think Tiger Woods is going to be able to catch up. I think the Tiger Woods that goes extremely low at these courses is is gone, unfortunately. But I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I think Tiger Woods is going to thrive in difficult conditions, and I hope we see that this week. All right. Well, I hope uh, the next podcast will be we're recording on Sunday. I hope uh, we're coming off a Tiger win, and our spirits are high because of that. But to wrap up, uh, Masters, if you had the Champions Dinner if you don't know what the Champions Dinner is, that is the past year's winner of the Masters hosts the next year's Champions Dinner before all the uh, events at the Masters, and they host all the past champions um, of the Masters, and the previous winner gets to choose what they're eating. So if that was you, you were the previous winner, and you get to choose the Champions Dinner for all of the past champions of the Masters, what would you be, Luke? Yeah, I might catch some heat for this, but... Um, I think they always start off like with a salad. So pick your favorite Caesar salad. That's what I'm going to bring for the meal, the entree. I'm bringing Chipotle. Um, like really? It, dislike it. Chipotle. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, Sergio sitting down and be like, yeah, I'm okay with this, that, that I'm having Chipotle for the champion's dinner. Yeah, I can't imagine Tiger looking you in the eye and saying, uh, Luke, what's for dinner? And you saying Chipotle and him being pleasant, like thrilled with that. You know, if I'm wearing a green jacket and I get a champion's dinner, that's what I'm going to do. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> for dessert, I'm doing Twisty Treat. I'm getting them to cater that. Um, and you've got a Sergio shaking his head. There's a lot of people that haven't experienced Twisty Treat. I think that'd be an opportune time yeah. to uh, do that for them. But yeah, that'd be my meal. I would start off with some warm biscuits from Texas Roadhouse. Moving on to the entree would be a nice five cheese ziti from Olive Garden served with the warm breadsticks and a salad, of course. And for dessert, I'm going killer cake from 2J's. If you haven't had it, you're really missing out. That's my meal. I think I would just bring in a bunch of um, Kobe chefs and just give everyone a hibachi dinner. And then for dessert, um, I'd give it yellow cake with chocolate icing because that's my favorite type of cake ever. Much better than those cupcakes they give you at Kobe's. Yeah, the, those cupcakes, they just have them sit in the back and they just pull them out whenever. They, they've they've been made for like two years. 
You think Tiger's ever had Kobe white sauce? I don't know. Hideki Matsuyama has. Does Kobe? <laughs> does Kobe ask? Does Kobe? Does a uh, Tiger ask for double yum yum? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Double yum yum for Tiger. <laughs> Kobe white sauce, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Yeah, maybe if if Hideki wins, we'll, was that was that, did we'll, that did I do was that bad? Did I do something wrong? We'll see that next year. No, you're fine. All right. Yeah, if Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> If he wins it, we'll get a nice hibachi dinner coming our way. All right, now we are going to get in a little baseball talk. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. Hibachi dinners. We've heard all of your lame jokes. We just want our steak and chicken. Hibachi dinners. Um, okay. Yeah, well, that's that's it for the Augusta National Talk. It is baseball. We are one week in, so this is going to be real quick. I just want to know, we talked last week about kind of the stories going into the season. Are there any expectations you had going into the season that one week in already those have changed? No, because one of my least favorite things about baseball is how quickly people interpret the standings. It was the same thing with the NBA too, with uh, the Magic. Everyone was so excited how the Magic started and look at them now. So I'm not going to make any assumptions off this, even though the Red Sox do look very good. Like I said, they were my team to watch. Yeah, I'm not necessarily talking standings, just anything you've noticed, seen. Well, what I have noticed is you were completely right about the Yankees. doesn't matter how many runs they give up. They can just throw 11 runs like it's nothing even when um, John Carlos Stanton has five strikeouts in one game. They can still put up 11 runs, so yeah, you're right about that. It's brutal. You you face Aaron Judge, and then next up is John Carlos Stanton. Next up is Didi Gregorius, and you think you're done. Nope, here comes Gary Sanchez. I mean, there's really no break. But my, my uh, kind of story does come from the Yankees, and it is that – one weekend, I've realized that I need to lower my expectations for Aaron Boone. And it is clear he has a lot of growing pains he has to get through. A lot of management decisions, a lot of bullpen rotation issues, uh, and a lot of substitution problems that have already come up in their five games that worry me slightly. There are insane fans already calling for his firing. You guys are crazy. No way. Yep, that is true. On Twitter, people are ca- calling for him to be fired. But... Aaron Boone does need to quickly get it figured out of how he's going to manage this roster because uh, Aaron Boone, it, it was fun having you. It was the, the whole um, hype coming in. It was fun. It was real. And now it's it's the season time, and it's time to get get this thing situated, get uh, these bullpen guys ready to go, and make these substitutions when you need to. Yeah, this is a marathon, not a sprint, obviously, the 162 games. Um, I don't know if I have a – expectation or whatever but um otani from the angels is that how you say his name i don't yeah, know if i've actually so. ever heard anyone pronounce it yeah well he had a a great um debut he um he had six uh six k's um got the win topped out at 99 uh, miles an hour that'll and, do it uh, only gave up three hits so that was pretty cool to see he's only 23 years old so uh excited to see what he brings to the table for the rest of the year Cool, cool. Well, there. That's that's a sprint through the uh, the baseball segment there. But guys, it's a long season, like Luke said, and we will be coming back to this. We'll have some longer segments when it comes time. But we are just going to kind of do little tidbits from from here on out for a little bit. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Uh, I know this week's been a little weird. We're coming at you on a Wednesday here, but we'll be back next week. New episode on Monday. Um, but until then, go ahead and uh, give us a follow on Twitter at a couple of J and J. 
Follow our polls. We'll be running those throughout the week. Um, We're on iTunes, SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Do we have anyone for trivia next week? Uh, Yeah, I believe your sister is going to come on for trivia. Oh, I didn't know that. We didn't agree on this. Well, I'm pretty much making that decision now. She's going to call in. It'll be tough to uh, write some questions as she is pretty knowledgeable, but I'll see. We'll have to make them a little more difficult. We'll see what we can do. And if there's anyone out there who, who wants to be on sports trivia who doesn't really know a lot about sports but maybe wants to test themselves, come forward. Love to hear from you. Yeah. And, oh, like us on Facebook. We got that. Review us. Rate. Congratulations, Doug, on winning the bracket. Congrats, Doug. That's a cup of Joe and Jimmy. Enjoy the Masters. Hasta la vista. Woo!